microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! My OCD's talking me in the head, keep knocking. Nobody's home, I'm sleepwalking. I'm just relaying what the voice of my head's saying. Don't shoot the messenger, I'm just I'm friends, friends with, with the... Talking monsters. Oh, we're going. We're all right. We're going. Um, so, what what we do now? I guess every Sunday is we go see a movie you're probably not going to see, and we tell you whether or not you should see it. Well, we said that we're not going to make this an every week thing, but it's so hard. There's so many things coming out this summer that we want to see and make fun of. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk mummy and monsters today. Hey, I want to ask about a quick question. You sent me this email. With a bunch of people protesting outside the mummy. Yeah. Okay. And it says, not my mummy. And it's got the anti, like the Ghostbusters sign with Tom Cruise in the middle. These are guys who are like upset that it's tarnishing the Brendan Fraser. Yes. And we are going to get into that. Okay, good. And I also, I also, also put a few to put on our website. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty funny. It like put uh, it's hysterical. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, do you have so we're going to talk the mummy. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Tom Cruise and Brandon Fraser, um, two guys that are one starting to pull ahead. Yeah, you never know; you might get a comeback from the other one. Um, so, do you have any notes? Uh, I got two notes. All right, two notes. Uh, so, you know the movie The Babadook? Babadook. I know the movie The Babadook. Well, apparently, the Babadook has now become a gay icon. I did not hear this. It's big news. Uh, so I'm sure the director is really proud of it. Well, there's like a you know the Babadook is basically um, represent character. That yeah, is. but it represents like loneliness, depression, right? So for whatever reason, I guess some you know the gay community is pretty creative, uh, and so I don't know if it was somebody was going through their uh, list looking for uh, LGBT movies and that came up and they posted it and now they've just run with it and there's all these postings about the Babadook being gay. I wonder what the sequel is going to be. <laughs> but it's a lot of rainbow Babadooks. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, so there's that. And my other note was they're doing, I just read that um, Dave Thomas, you know, Dave Thomas, not Wendy's Dave Thomas, but the guy um, from SCTV, old can, uh, Canadian comedian, he was part of, um, oh, so, uh, oh, yes, I do, I do know, yes. From Strange Brew? Yeah. Well, they, uh, they started another, they did something with Strange Brew just recently. Well, that's what I was going to announce, is oh. that he's, he, uh. Has to do use his kid sick, and so they're doing a benefit, and they're going to bring back the McKenzie brothers, who were the stars of Strange Brew. Now, Mike I, Moranis is coming out of a, a hibernation. I guess just to do this. Now, I don't know about you, but like Strange Brew is one of my favorite movies as a kid. Like we used to watch it over and over. That's and, really funny. And uh, so I'm kind of excited that if we're ever going to see Rick Moranis again, it's going to be as uh, Doug McKenzie. 
Are we gonna? Is this gonna be televised? I mean, how are we gonna get a hair? Um, you know, I, I don't do that much research in my <laughs> things. Um, well, but hopefully, more than just the people in the audience are able to see this. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it'll be. It'll find its way to the internet somehow. But I was just excited. Those are my two notes. That's good. Um, uh, so my first note is I gotta give a shout out to my nephew turning two tomorrow. Had his party today, Ben. Two years old. Um, Does he listen to the show? Yeah, he, he listens. He was. I asked him what he wants for his birthday, and he said cake. So I think he got the cake. Um. So a long time ago, about two years ago, these guys posted on uh, Kickstarter um, a Friday the Thirteenth video game, and I was like, oh, okay. Because I remember playing the other one. It was really bad. The one for Atari. I don't remember. Okay, what happened? Uh, what was What was the... Who were you in the... I don't know. It was just... You were like a... You're not Jason. You're I'm not saying. Jason. Okay. Um, it was kind of like the Mike Tyson punch-out game. But it was... Whatever. Um, so I gave money to it. I gave 50 bucks. Wait. You gave 50 bucks to this Because I wanted years to ago? get this game. Okay. And uh, it became huge. And uh, a lot of people put money into it, and uh, it got millions and millions of dollars to make this game, and it just came out. And I didn't get it. They said that they were going to send hard copies, and didn't send hard copies, whatever. Um, so I put this thing on to play it, and it is terrible. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's like, first of all, you can't play a campaign, which means like you just sit there and play like the story mode. You have to be online, and I'm not online. So I did the free PlayStation two-day free thing to see what it's all about. And basically, it's a you got 20 minutes. You get grouped in with like nine people, and one of them is going to be Jason, and the other ones are camp counselors. And you basically get a setting, and you have to basically play hide-and-seek for 20 minutes. Okay. You have to survive for 20 minutes. And while somebody is Jason, walks around killing people. All right. It's pretty horrible. You go from, like, um, house to house, picking up weapons, and you, like, try to fix a car that's busted so you can get out of there. Uh, You can radio. You can CB radio um, somebody, and then you can call the cops. Like, if you find a, a phone somewhere, if you call the cops, you know, you have five minutes for the cops. It's just... It's horrible. All right. So uh, that was a waste of $50. Um, and then my last thing was uh, I just wanted to check in with you on this challenge because we haven't talked about it. We won't spend too much time on it. but I Before you to- check in on the challenge, do you want to check in to where we at with the playoffs? Where we at of the playoffs? It's- no, I'm like so fed up with the playoffs. Okay. I didn't even watch the last game. Oh, well, you missed the only one that was worth watching. Go ahead. Um, we already know what the outcome is. Now we're hoping that maybe Cleveland can pull out another win and we can get win our bet of uh, uh, Warriors in six, but I don't think that's going to happen. All right, so what, what's uh, what's going on? I the just challenge? wanted to uh, find out. We're halfway through the pros versus champs, and I wanted to see uh, what you were thinking. I'm not. I'm not liking the format that much. First of all, your boy Victor Cruz is terrible. He's not. He's. I don't know why they didn't have TJ do it. I mean, it's just terrible. Uh, everyone, nobody seems to care 
which makes it so much. It's like a big vacation. Yeah, that last episode, I was so annoyed that the surfer um, was in the elimination against Lolo Jones, and this quit. Yeah, Lolo Jones seems to be the only one playing at a certain level. She just seems to care a little she too much. She cares a lot, which I like. Yeah. I, I feel like she needs to be in the uh, the future challenges, but yeah. I, but we talked about this in terms of she's gonna just going to kill everybody. Um, I think she finds her way in. I do. I think that I think she's over dramatic on purpose because they're they're going to partner her into this because I hope so. One thing we know about Lolo Jones is when she's not succeeding at one sport, she jumps to another. I love that. Her, did you? I saw the latest. The one where uh, Jordan was talking to her about her hooking up. Yeah, he was trying to get in there so bad, and then she was like, "Yeah, it's not going to happen." Basically. Oh really? I, I didn't. I didn't. I got a different. She said vibe. the next person that's gonna that I'm gonna hook up with is gonna be my husband. Well, was, right. Was, well, she's a virgin. Answer. Yeah, I know. Whatever. I'm just saying. She. She. He seemed to be doing pretty well with her. I'm not. Okay. Um, Back to your corners. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't like that. Uh, that girl gave up. I don't know what the next few are gonna be. Um, who but, you who you rooting for? I like. By the way, I like that last challenge finale where they had to put their hands in the ice. Okay, that was good. Yeah. That's like something you could do in your backyard for uh, if you're having people over. You could play that game. Or put your hands in ice, and then you have Try to, to go do a puzzle. Do a puzzle. Uh, I root for Wes. I like Wes, um, and I like him in this format because he doesn't care. So he's like, yeah, he's been doing pretty well. I like when they set up him to go with Lolo Jones to talk about it, but you know that it wasn't his idea. It was like the producers that were like, all right, all right you guys, you need to talk to her about the challenge. <laughs> um, but the reason I bring this up is uh, they just announced another challenge. Oh. They're just pumping these things out. Well, they should. It starts July 18th, like right after this. Um, it's the 30th one, I guess. So they're calling it the, uh, 30, dirty 30. And, uh, it's going to have 30 people in it. All the, you know, all the main players are in it. Um, I'll tell you just a few that are coming back. Tony, Tony's going to be back. There's a, the new guy is, uh, from the real world, uh, go big or go home. The kind of hippie guy. Oh, yeah. The beard and the long hair. Um, and then on the women's side is Jimmy who's coming back. Um, so there's like, there's 30 people. Prize is a million dollars this time. Yo. Okay, that's where so, they got everybody So MTV is, uh, is kicking it back. I mean, they're just like, I guess the, the new ones are doing pretty well. So what is it, like CT, Bananas, all those guys? CT, Bananas, Darrell, Jordan... Tony, Corey, um, let's see who the main women are. Obviously, Cara Maria, Camilla, Ashley, Jenna, everyone who loves to hate, what's her name, uh, Kayla? Oh, yeah. Everyone hates her. She's back. There's, I think there's some new people from Are You the One, which... Who cares? Yeah, who cares about them? Most um, people don't care about what we're talking about anyway. But yeah. yeah. But, uh, and Anissa's back. Great. Um, so I don't know. It's gonna be 
We got another summer show. I like it. Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, uh, so let's do this. We've been like, we've been, we haven't talked about it yet. We just, we just came back from seeing it. The mummy. Tell them what we saw. We saw the mummy <laughs> in 3D, which it didn't need to be in 3D. Uh, there's one scene where like the birds are going through the plane. That was kind of cool. But yeah, for the most part, it didn't have to be in 3D. So, uh... Is there... How many movies out of ten do you think you say didn't have to be in 3D? Pretty much nine. Right. Like, you see that trailer for the Luke Besson? That one I'd see him. That's... It was made for 3D. That looks fantastic in 3D. So... Um... So, what did you think? What's your, uh... What's your thoughts on The Mummy? Oh, wait. Before we go into that, this is like the new Warner Brothers trying to do... Right. Like... Well, we'll an open universe thing. The dark universe. Which the next movies are... The next movie to come out of it is called Bride of Frankenstein. It's going to have Harvey Air Bardem as Frankenstein. And they want Angelina Jolie to play the Bride of Frankenstein. Johnny Depp's going to be the Invisible Man. They want The Rock to play Wolfman. And uh, the other movies in the batch are uh, Hunt, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Notre Dame, sorry. Uh... Phantom of the Opera and Creature from the Black Lagoon. And Dracula and Frankenstein. Well, Frankenstein's going to be in the... Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, I, think, I don't think they're doing a separate movie. Um, We've had enough Frankenstein origin movies. Okay. Um, so what was your take on the new Mummy? Well, I wasn't expecting much, considering it, it got killed. So it was better, I guess, than I thought. But I wouldn't ever call it good. Um, I thought that parts of it were good. All right. So here's... Let me... Is that basically your opinion somewhere in that range? Or did you like it? Yeah. I mean, no. It's... It wasn't very good. Okay. So let's do that. So the, like the first 20 minutes of this movie is just Russell Crowe explaining... like It, it was really bad storytelling. That setup was, took so long... So it started off where we got, I thought it was going to be really creative, kind of like how Man of Steel did it, where it wasn't like, you know, everything was in a row. Like Man of Steel, like Superman would do something and then he would see something and then it would flash back to okay. him doing, you know, kind of showing the origin. I hate and to it, use Man of Steel as a bar set for yes. any good cinema, but, but anyway, we'll keep going. But it started off in ancient Egypt and then it cut to them drilling into the tomb and I was like oh okay cool they're gonna do this in a way that will keep the mummy in we don't really know what the mummy is or what her backstory is and we can like figure it out along the way but right after that scene they go into the whole story yeah it's just a Russell Crowe voiceover the whole movie was Russell Crowe voiceover so it's like 20 minutes of that to just set up and then they have like the title and then they introduce Tom Cruise and his whole thing so then they introduced Tom Cruise and Jake Johnson. Why did the, was there any need for them to be soldiers? No, they could have just I, been archaeologists. Okay, so I know you like Jake Johnson. I loved Jake Johnson. Did you like him in this? Did you no, like? Because the writing was bad. There was no good comedy. As soon as you see him, you know exactly what he's there to do. Yeah, and he does exactly what he does in everything with his like gravity, like jokes. You know, over pointing out the obvious. We don't need that in that world. I'm sorry. That world. Here's my question. When they were doing the archaeology thing, I was kind of like, I was 
this is parts where I was kind of into it, but I was like, what did the Raiders of Ark do so much better than these movies? They can't make another good well, archaeology adventure. Well, I'm going to go later. Movie. I'm going to go in the first Mummy with Brandon Fraser. What? I'm just saying, that was a lot better. Oh. I don't even, I don't even think I ever saw the original Mummy. The, the first two Mummies were good. But anyway... But yeah, I don't go on with your... No, uh, so I'm just wondering, like, what, what Raiders of the Ark had that these movies just... Why can't they get them right? That's a good question. You know, like, why are they not going back and watching and going, like, oh, okay, this is... This kind of storytelling helps. Like, this, like... Well, they did that with the Brandon Fraser mummy. It was very much like Indiana Jones. He, had, he was basically the same character. He was kind of wearing the same outfits. Uh, okay, all right, yeah. Did, but I mean, it's not just the character; it's like the the adventure, the fun of being on that ride with him. You're saying the the first one we had that? No, but like, yes, it did. But also, Indiana Jones like revealed stuff at, throughout the movie. Right. Everything wasn't just like laid out there in the sure. first twenty minutes. No, absolutely. Um, like you didn't really grasp what the Ark of the Covenant was yeah. until uh, you opened the Ark of the Covenant at the end. You know, yeah. you think you had an idea. They mention it a little bit along the way, but it isn't until uh, people's faces start melting that you're like, "Oh, this, yeah." Um, All of a sudden, like you know that there's a dagger and there's a and a and a stone that need to get together, and that stuff just happens to come together so easily. Yeah, that's true. It should have been like. A search for that stuff. So we get into the adventure, the Tom Cruise adventure part, and this this I liked this stuff. I thought it was pretty good. I was like, all right, there's some good yeah. action, there's some cool stuff. Um, but as soon as uh, and then the the plane crash happens, and that's a great that was scene. A really good scene. It's yeah. a good scene. Um, but, Tom Cruise on planes. Yeah, uh, it seems to work out for him. <laughs> there's some good scene. But then once they take him to the Russell Crowe lab. This movie just stops, and now we're introducing this whole monster world, you know? Yeah, they showed, like, the creature from the Black Lagoon's hand and they, all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, they show the vampire uh, fangs, and you're like, this is going to be a complete 45-minute setup for the next movie. And then it's like, uh, it's like as if someone smacked the writer and said, whoa, we got to get back into that there's a plot we were just dealing with. So they get back into that. And uh, it's by then you've already lost. Us. With no, there was no development in the uh, relationship between him and her, the main girl in the movie that he keeps saving her life. Oh yeah, like why? They should have just been dating. Yeah, or something. everybody really likes this girl. Tom Cruise, like, was trying to save her the whole time. Russell Crowe has a long relationship with her. None of this. It should have been like they were dating. She didn't tell him she was like a spy, basically. And then gets them wrapped up in all this stuff. Now, she's not based on an, any character in any... I don't think so. Okay, because her name's Jenny. Like, we couldn't do better than... <laughs> you know? Like, that's the typical white girl, you know, like, name of a, a 80s or 90s. Like, I don't know. Um, uh, so, from there, just kind of... I don't know if we want to... It's not like we're spoiling anything, but... Yeah, we're going to try to keep it spoiler-free. So... Why did Jake Johnson not come back? Like, there are so many... They introduced all these characters, and then at the end, none of them came back. Who else did they introduce? Like, Russell Crowe. He didn't even... Have oh, him at, the at the very, very end? end. 
He yeah. showed up at the end when everyone was when the whole thing was over. Yeah. But he didn't really in another voiceover. They didn't really reveal who he was very creatively either. Like no. yes, I mean he starts to go into Cold his mode. yeah, but um, they weren't as clever as they thought they were. Like with that, you just kind of like okay, let's see. Let me ask you: You're a huge Russell Crowe fan. How do you like him playing second banana in movies? How do you like him as a supporting character versus the lead? Um, he deserves better. Ugh. but uh, I, I like him as a second. I think he's finding. I think he's finding his lane right now. Oh really? Yeah. No, I. He, a man with that little, a, a man with that little range, should he does sit, not have little range. That man I mean, plays the same character in every movie, except for one. Um, yeah, just, I think he's he's in a good good place for him. Um, I didn't even get the ending too. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Is he? Yeah, I mean, is is he something in the universe uh, that we don't know? I don't know. Is he? We said no spoilers. So, um, all right. Well, I mean, you know from the outset, I mean, they tell you that he's cursed. Yeah. So, you know so something. Is, is he a mummy now? Like, I don't know. Knows? Yeah, we don't know. I don't think they know, so I think they just kind of kept it up in the air. Because you start thinking, if they're going to do this universe, like, is it is it a good universe? If you have Tom Cruise, Russell Crowe, Johnny Depp, and Angelina Jolie, and Javier Bardem, like all these, like very accomplished actors playing stupid, like monster characters. Well, I think we're hoping that we're going to get a uh, smart. I mean, they're doing all these different directors. I think Bill Condon, who did uh, Gods and Monsters, and um, what was the other one? the Beauty and the Beast movie. He's doing the Bride of Frankenstein. Who did this one? Alex Kurtzman. What did he do? He's a basically brand. He was the writer for Transformers, producer. Oh, I mean, he's done like a lot of producing gigs, and this is like his first big movie. He did like a small independent movie. But I'm saying, like, you have all these. Like, is this really going to work? Like, do you see this working? This dark universe. They have to. Get have something like Wonder Woman where that something breaks out and they're like, oh shit, this is gonna be good. And this wasn't the uh, yeah, but you can, but but Ben Affleck, Gail Godot, and like Jason Momoa and all those guys on screen together isn't the same as these these actors who have kind of already peaked. You know, this almost becomes like. Um, like guys past their prime trying to cling on to a franchise and everyone can see it. And that's not good. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm nervous for it because I'm a big Tom Cruise fan and I don't, I mean, Johnny Depp's kind of already. I think Tom Cruise is like still at the top of his game. You do? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's move into the Tom Cruise, uh, Stuff then. Well, do we want to say that there was also a universe already created that we watched this week? Oh, yeah. From um, 1987? Oh, is that what it was? 87 that movie was made? Right. All right. So she told me that he liked this movie Monster Squad, which I don't even remember. But when I watched... So I had to watch it this weekend. Um, so, yeah, your weekend was better than mine. <laughs> but... Uh, and not because it's bad. Like, it serves its purpose. I'm just, it, it just doesn't hold up the way... It doesn't hold up. And it's like an hour long. Which was good. That was good. It was, it was like an hour and ten minutes. I remember watching this movie as a kid, like, 
at least twenty times. It totally made sense to me why you like this movie. It's called yeah, it's called the Monster Squad. Uh, it's basically these kids have a monster club, and um, Frankenstein becomes friends with their little sister, while all the other monsters, the Wolfman, Vam, Vam, uh, Dracula, and who else? Gilman. Gilman, who's <laughs> I guess swamp. a creature, swamp creature, yeah. uh, try to like take over the world or whatever. Um, so it's like, uh, it's kind of a kid's movie. The thing that really struck me is I turned it on and within the first five minutes, there's about 12 gay jokes. There was. I couldn't believe how many times these kids, I mean, listen, I get it. It's a different time, but like just homo this, homo that. It was like, oh my God. Um, the, the best though, after watching this I love the Holocaust reference <laughs> that they threw in the movie. They finally meet this, like, you know, the stereotypical old guy that yeah. lives on the block. And they go to his house and he reads German and is able to translate this diary. And uh, they're leaving the house and the kid's like, you know a, real, a lot about monsters, don't you? And he goes, I believe I do. And it cuts to his arm and he's got a, he's got oh, a Holocaust yeah. numbers on it. Well... Thanks for that. It's, I mean, listen, the, the movie, the Monster Squad, not the Mummy, not the Dark Universe, but the Monster Squad. It's a clever, it's cleverly written. You know, you could yeah. tell because you, as you mentioned, Shane Black wrote it, um, which makes total sense because there's clever dialogue. You could see what they were doing. Uh, it just it hit so many cliches of that time that it it's hard to watch now. Looking back, there's montages that are tough. There's a couple of really bad scenes where, like, there's a fight in the police office, and they throw someone through a window, and then the next scene in the police office, you just see guys in the background fixing the window. Oh, I didn't remember. Like, during this, it's it's just like this weird thing, like, they had to throw that in, so um, people wouldn't be like, I thought that window was broken. (laughs) Um, And then uh, the end where the mom, the daughter is trying to, almost gets sucked into the black hole with the Frankenstein and she's not like trying to save her daughter. And she basically like, instead of beeline for her daughter, she runs into the arms of a guy that holds her back. Oh, I didn't like she even... runs sideways, uh, which they, it's funny. Like when you first see the end, it takes place in like the town square and it was like the whole basically back to the future set. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, that they were trying to capitalize like, on the Goonies. Yeah, it was very that. much like the Goonies. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so, I'll be honest, you, we were talking about this, and he, you brought up that we should be talking about the Monster Squad and comparing it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, the Monster Squad. I can't believe you've never seen it. I asked about eight people, and no one had ever heard of it. Okay. Which... Shocking to me. So, audience... Van Helsing gives a thumbs up at the end. Who? Van Helsing oh. gives the thumbs up at the end. But, um, look, that's not to say, like, when I saw it, there's like four or five quotes I I remember. Yeah, I remembered that. That's a classic quote. Um, when he kicks the wolfman in the butt and the balls. Yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple things where I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. Um, how about when he puts the pizza on the Dracula's face? Garlic! Like I said, there's some clever stuff to it. Um, so why does he have a thing of pizza? Like I don't even like. 
just random pizza in his <laughs> in his bag. He's just got a random slice. Who who, who do you just in case? <laughs> what? I mean, it's like the Lost Boys. What was the Lost Boys? The Lost Boys. They well, they had like they got all the garlic and yeah. you know they threw the the one vampire in the bath with all the garlic. Yeah. Um. God, I, I, that's a good movie. I, I, I want to actually rewatch the Lost yeah, Boys. Yeah, Lost Boys was good. Um, so, what do you think holds better now? The Monster Squad, the Mummy universe? Um, the Monster Squad does not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still a quick watch. Yeah. And you get like a little nostalgia. But, uh... And if you hate gay people, there's a lot of things that like, yeah. you'll like in the first five minutes. <laughs> where they keep calling everybody gay slurs. Yeah. They're all kids in like freshmen in high school or whatever they are. Jason from uh, the Wonder Years. Yeah. The brother from the Wonder Years. That's right. Um, That that was another thing. Like, why is that guy hanging out with The kid that smokes? Yeah. Uh, That guy wound up being in a whole bunch of like teenage stuff. Um, The mom, too, was a very big figure in all these movies. mm. She she was uh, in Goonies. She was the mom in Goonies. And she was in oh, Romancing yeah. the Stone. She was the uh, sister of Kathleen Turner that gets kidnapped. Did that something you looked up or something you remembered? No, that's something I remember. That's pretty impressive. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Again, another movie that's full of adventure. Why can't we yeah. look into how they made exactly. Romancing the Stone? That's how the archaeologists kind of... Yeah, like play. it was a fun adventure yeah. the whole time. Like You felt like you were on this ride. Whereas The Mummy, it's like, we're just going to tell you a bunch of shit. We're going to show you some action. We're going to tell you some more shit. Then there's some action and it's over. Yeah. She was married to... Uh, the mom was married to Robert Zemeckis. Oh. Uh, well, you just, know... Just a little side Yeah, note. you know a lot about this lady. Yeah. She was uh, She was in a lot of those movies. Um, so, going back to the Tom Cruise, you say he's still got his fastball. Yeah. I think he's still... He's still... He's still hitting him long. I like it. I completely disagree. Um, when you look back at his last like ten movies, they're uh, they're not good. They're all Mission Impossible movies. Well, let's see. On you, the, on the last two Mission Impossible. Movies you got the good. Mummy. You got Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher Two. A Jack, Mission Impossible. Jack Reacher Two is not very good. An Edge of Tomorrow. I love that. Rock of Ages. Another uh, Mission Impossible. I was gonna pull clips of uh, Rock of Ages for this show um, of him singing, but it's so visual. Night and Day and Valkyrie. Like, those are the last... I was reading about how when he hit Valkyrie, it's all been... It's been a steady downhill slope since. You disagree with that? There's a movie on Netflix that's a Bollywood movie that's Night and Day remake, Bollywood style. I haven't watched it, but I saw it on there, and I'm like, what is this? And I, like, looked it up, and it said it was a remake. Just a side. If you watched... That remake, do you think you would know it was a remake of Night and Day? Probably Because not. Night and Day seems like a remake of every other yeah. Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> um, so, let me, so let me ask you. So I just read off like the last like nine or ten films. You still think he's got his fastball? Oh, yeah. I think the last two uh, Mission Impossible movies were great. Great. Yeah, I think they were. I don't think the last one was great. I think the one before that was awesome. Ghost Protocol. It might be on my list. Okay. Um, and then I liked Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is great. I mean, I think uh, it's so much better on the second viewing. 
I was talking about my Tom Cruise action movies with a friend last night, and he was like, if you don't put Edge of Tomorrow on there, you're an idiot. It's on my list. I believe it is. Um, <laughs> but he was like, you're an idiot. and Because that, that's kind of, that was on my fringe. I haven't decided. I still haven't decided as we They're talk about it. making a sequel on that. Really? Yeah. Well, here's my problem with it. I really liked the Jake Gyllenhaal one, the Time Cop or whatever it was called. What was it called? When Source he's, Code. Source Code. Yeah, that, that was a good movie where he's on the train and he had to keep dying to get it right. Yeah. So this was like the same thing, but in the future. And had aliens. Yeah, yeah. So I liked the. <laughs> it Jake, wasn't really the same thing. But well, I, I understand. Right, but like I, I like the formula better in Source Code than I do with this. I still like this movie, but I feel like it got a little too much. Um, I don't know, a little too much credit for. I liked it though. I just <laughs> like Source Code better. And you can say those two things aren't alike, but to me, if you're going to have to keep killing yourself, like, I'm not going to throw Groundhog Day in and say I like Groundhog, but like, if you have to keep killing yourself to get back to that day, I'll take Source Code over it. And it was the first one of them. Um, okay. But uh, it's interesting because I, you know, we saw the trailer for American Made, the next, where, where Doug, you, Doug Lyman did that too. Yeah. So what do you think about that? I think it's going to be good. Okay, so you're just all in on I mean, Tom Cruise still. I really think when we say that, it looks like it's every other movie. That movie looks like it's been done a lot before. It reminded me of uh, Wolf of Wall Street and like um, Narcos, which I haven't watched all that whole series, but it, it all I think actually that character is in Narcos. I think so too. I, I think so too. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, um, I think that character is in Narcos. Um but yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun watch. Even if Tom Cruise has a southern accent, was that tough to think about? <laughs> he did have a little struggle with that accent. Some more things about Tom Cruise and the Mummy. That's the thing. Like, do we need him to have an accent? Uh, well, I know he's based, playing a real life. Person. Yeah, if he's based on a real guy, they're, they're all right, right, I guess. Um, but I'm with you. Like nine out of ten times, if you don't need it, don't use it. Um, Tom Cruise and the Mummy drinks a lot. Tom Cruise drinks down five shots in a row in like a beer and then comes out and fights a bunch of people, you know, and he's hallucinating at the same time. Nobody ever correlates that those two things might be going together. It's a lot of shots. Yeah. Uh, It's weird to watch Tom Cruise. I thought that that bathroom scene, going back to that, when he was like hallucinating with Jake Johnson, Uh I thought that scene was actually pretty good. Okay. Um, The way they did it. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with you. Um, what do you like? Do you do you think it's weird to watch Tom Cruise drink? Mm, no. See, I do. This is a problem, and I'm a huge like again huge Tom Cruise fan. And I had an argument with my with another friend last night who said she can't watch Tom Cruise movies because she thinks he's crazy. Now I'm generally in the camp that dismisses I can that. Separate things, right? But there's sometimes you can't. So, like, Tom Cruise drinking looks just seems so unnatural to me. And I start thinking, well, Tom Cruise, the the Theta chief in Scientology, wouldn't, like, be down in five shots in a <laughs> row, you know? Um, it's hard for him to play, you know, and this, he's kind of a womanizer guy. He's he's done so much work to not be that guy that it's it's it doesn't fit naturally to me. And I... That's my fault, and that's fine. Um, 
but I it it's starting to become a problem, and I don't like it because I've always enjoyed Tom Cruise movies. Okay. So, but it yeah. doesn't bother you. As far as him being a womanizer, yeah, he's not that guy, um, and they don't in the Mummy they don't really like like force feed you that. Sure. There's a couple lines where you know, you know they have sex talk, but uh, they do have sex talk. They talk they about sex talk. <laughs> they do some sex talk. Um, but I see what you're saying now with the drinking, because now I'm thinking back to the other movies and he doesn't drink. Yeah. But, but he has, he always has say in his movies. And I would, it's, I'm sure he wanted to change it up, change his character up a little bit. Yeah. Because um, it is a dark role. He's being possessed by like an evil spirit. So. Yeah. Um, it's like when the evil Superman is at the bar drinking. In Superman 3 when he's flicking the uh, peanuts at the bottles. <laughs> Superman's funny. doing shots. <laughs> it's funny you compare Tom Cruise to Superman because he's kind of like our American, our superhero icon, you know? Or our, uh, I'm sorry, our movie star icon. Yeah. You know? Um, so you think he's still a movie star. Oh, yeah. He's the biggest movie you still star think he's the is. biggest? Yeah, for sure. Even though this movie's not going to make any money. It's it's already made 150 million overseas. Oh, it's, so it's, you're going overseas. We're not I mean, going it's domestic. Made worldwide domestic. I think I read today. I made like 35, which isn't very good for a summer movie. But see, it's made a lot of money overseas. So you look back at these like latest movies when I started reading the last 10. Like the Mummy doesn't disappoints. Jack Reacher two didn't make a lot of money. Mission Impossible did. Edge of Tomorrow did not make a lot of money. Oblivion did not make a lot of money. I forgot about Oblivion. That movie um, was pretty bad. Yeah, it's not a good one. Uh, Jack Reacher, the one, I guess, did if they made a yeah. sequel. Yeah, it made, it made me a money. Um, so anyway, I don't... I I root for this guy. I want him to be great. And, uh, you know, he is still doing it. Like, just... I don't know. I'm going to keep going to see him. I, I don't know. I, I, I will, too, because... But I think it's on me at this point, like... Um, so we started talking through his action and his drama roles. That's the other thing. That's what I'm hoping with this American made that it's a more of a drama role for it. I mean, obviously it is, it's not an action movie, Yeah. but I miss, I realized as I was going over my favorite Tom Cruise movies and what we did is we separated our favorite action movies and our favorite drama movies with Tom Cruise. I like the drama movies way more than the, the action and that's a personal preference, but um, I realized that there was like I had trouble narrowing down which of the five was going to make it on my drama, on my action. I had trouble coming up with five that I like would put there. Oh, okay. And I think a big part of that is because he's become this action guy in uh, you know the last ten, ten plus years, fifteen years that he's going through these almost uh, strictly doing it. Going through these movies, too, you're like, oh, you know, a lot of people say Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every movie, but then you're like, looking at this list, and you're like, he's actually had some really good acting chop roles. Um, and, he's got uh, more range than Russell Crowe. We'll see. Okay. Hey, this is going to be tough for Russell Crowe to play two people, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> yeah, I think he's that character is going to be in all the movies. Great. Uh, all right. So, what do you want? How do you want to do this? Our favorite. You just gave out the spoiler that he is Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. 
Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Let's go. Uh, let's go action. First. I don't know if that's a spoiler. You told me that before I even sat down for the movie. Yeah, but we, okay. <laughs> that's true. I'm not mad about it. It's cool. I just I don't know if it was that big a spoiler. Um, so action wise, action wise, yeah. What do you have at five? I have Mission Impossible one. See, I didn't. I didn't like the first one. I, I think that's why I'm putting it over Edge of Tomorrow because I know you don't like the first, and I'm a first. I'm a Mission Impossible one apologist. I really like. Enjoy, I've watched that movie a hundred times on cable. It's still like so confusing when you watch it, um, and that's why. And when they did part two, they like made it so simple. Yeah, I think like one of the notes when the first one was that it was very confusing, and so there was a lot of plot holes because of it. Um, and then they made they dumbed down the second one, which I still like the second one. Uh, I, I did my, the most underrated and overrated movies of Tom Cruise, and I think the most overrated is Mission Impossible too. Okay, um, but because it was missing all the things I liked about once, there you <laughs> go. Uh, but I also listen. I don't know. You know, we've gotten notes that we agree too often. I was really afraid with this list, so I was pushing hard to get Mission Impossible one. Edge of Tomorrow might be. My number five, I haven't, you know. Well, well you just named your fifth. I know. I'm just Mission I'm, Impossible One. I know. Well, there's also gonna there may be some there may be some problems with my list that you'll 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 find. Why don't you do the your top five to three, and then I'll do. My okay, list. that's good. Number four for me, I know is not on your list, is Minority Report. Oh yeah, I hate that movie. I too. love Minority Report. <laughs> I think Minority Report's so smart. It's like such a good movie. I didn't like that. Oh, I loved it. Um, number three for me is Top Gun. That's Spielberg, right? Yes. So, yeah, it's Spielberg. And number three for me was Top Gun. Which came the announcement that they're making a second one. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to call be called Maverick. Right. So I guess it is going to be uh, him as the teacher in this one. Uh, yeah, there's no Top way. Top Gun is, it's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be, it's in your top five, right? It lands at number five. Oh, so that's a good segue. <laughs> so yeah, it lands at number five. Well, what makes Top Gun so good? Like, why can't they make a movie like Top Gun anymore? You know, like the simple plot. Because, well, everything now is remakes and sequels. Right. So. But like, there's, you know, Mission, I mean, uh, um, Top Gun is like, he goes to school. Yeah. And he like falls for his instructor. And then he like fucks up and his partner dies. And then all of a sudden we're under attack, which is weird. But put that aside, um, that's the whole plot of the movie. It wasn't like 20 minutes of explaining who a mummy was. You know, like, why can't we just put a movie together like that? That was just good. Yeah, they don't make those movies anymore. I'm sure we can, I'm not going to say they don't make any. Right. There's things we can go back and pick out over the last few years, but. Yeah, it's, they don't make them anymore. It's, hey, Hollywood, call us. We we got it all solved for you. You know, I have number four, which is basically the same movie as Tom Top Gun, but I liked it a little bit better. Was Days of Thunder? Um, I don't know. I enjoy Days of Thunder. I think it's a lot more rewatchable than Top Gun. Yeah, I get um, that. I thought the action was really well done. All the racing. I mean. This is before real special effect. I mean, visual effects. So there was like some hardcore accidents and you know good stunts. Um, 
I was never a big fan of that movie, but when I was thinking back and I was going to put it as like one of my like least favorite ones, I was like, no, you know what? There's a lot of good stuff. I remember seeing that in the theater, too, and the sound in that movie was just made the movie so much more enjoyable. And Michael Rooker was great. Yeah. As, like, the bad guy. As, as Michael Rooker. Yeah. He's a guy who plays the same guy. You know, I I, uh, I think it was the fact that I did not like car racing and was like... I didn't either. I'm not an NASCAR. I know. So I didn't <laughs> give it the chance. I should have, but, I, yeah. And uh, it was, like, when we, like, Nicole Kidman was, like... Yeah, she was prime Nicole. Yeah, there you go. I think they uh, met or started on that movie. Sure. But, uh, and then my number three is Edge of Tomorrow. We just talked about that a little bit. Great second viewing. After the, like, I, I still feel that the end is too CGI and that they come up with this plan to get, like, all those military guys to go with them. Right. To, uh, to Paris and steal the plane and everything. And then those guys just, like, die as soon as they get there. It's like, there's no point to them being in the movie. I thought that was a little misstep, but I still... It's such a inventive movie, I thought. And acting chops, you know, there's a lot, there's a couple good moments in there with Emily Blunt and him where, you know, he doesn't want to see her die anymore. And, like, he's seen her die, like, 300 times or whatever it yeah. is. And, like, he's just like, I can't... I've got to do this on my own because I can't watch you die or anything. I got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of problems with CGI. There's a little too yeah. much CGI in that movie for me. That's maybe another thing I got to knock on it. But yeah, it's a... But I think they do the aliens well, that it's so quick. You never see like a full alien, except for like one time. Uh, and you don't really, you just see these things running around and grabbing people. Um, so it's a little, Here's you don't the... get the uh, beat over the head with what the alien looks like. Here's the thing with the Tom Cruise action movies that I guess sums it up best for me is like I could tell you right now like five to ten films that weren't going to be on your list or mine because they're just fine you know yeah. like I could tell you right now War of the Worlds was not going to be on your action list no but it was a it was a it was a fun movie but you're like yeah like whatever I could tell you like night and day uh, the visual effects in that movie amazing I imagine Last Samurai is probably not on your list you know like yeah. all those movies which are fine. They're just not like, yeah. I wasn't a big last time, right? Me neither. Uh, okay, so that's your top. Th- your that's your my, five, four, three. My number two is Mission Impossible Four. The Ghost Protocol. That's my number one. Okay, so, I love Ghost Protocol. I'm gonna say that has some of the best action scenes I, in a movie. I think that's the best. That I think the scene with him on the on the side of the building with the storm coming. Is probably the best scene. And that's what's great about that movie, too, is they set up the storm, but then you don't see it for a long time later. You're like, what the hell is that? And then, like, he's like, oh, that's a sandstorm. And you're like, all right, well, that's going to screw him up on the building or something. And then it doesn't come till he's down on the ground doing the car chase. <laughs> the movie's so good. Yeah. Uh, my number one, I, know, I mean... All I want to say is, is that Rogue Nation, which is the last one... Yeah. Has I think the best action sequence out of all of them. The, the plane? Whole, no, the opera scene, house scene. I think that's so well done in terms of how they shot it and put it together and the pacing and everything. I just is that your number two? No. What's your number two? I think this is probably going to be a collateral. Okay, good. 
I was afraid that Collateral wasn't going to fall into the action movie thing, and I was ready for that argument. Collateral's number two. That's my number one. And this is where you don't get Tom Cruise as Tom Cruise. He's like a yeah. totally original character. That's so good. Uh, I, you, know, you know, you think he's never the bad guy, and then he's a yeah. really good bad guy in this movie. He's so understated. Really uh, good filmmaking, too. Obviously, Michael Mann. Uh, there was a couple weird shots. uh with the digital camera. Right. It wasn't perfected in terms of being outside at night. Uh, that kind of looked a little grainy and stuff with the cops. But, uh, yeah, that was a pretty intense movie. I had no clue where that was going when you first I mean, it. Yeah. I, I put it on, and then uh, there's just... I, I put it on, it was like, whatever, Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx, is probably going to be some kind of... And he's just this cold-blooded, like... You know, not a lot of dialogue, not yeah, no. N- no meaning to him other than he's just a guy who's a hitman, like yeah. there to do the job. Um, and I was just so impressed with that. You know, there's a few images in that movie, like you know, the wolf crossing or the coyote yeah. cross the street. There's just there's some good good stuff in that movie. That's a good yeah. movie. Um, okay, cool. I didn't. I had a feeling I was going to get ripped on for making that an action movie, but uh, it's, it's definitely action. an action movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the dramas, and then we'll we'll figure out which I think. I mean, I'm leaning towards. I think his dramas are better than his action okay. movies. Uh, my number five. I was gonna do interview with a vampire because I know you won't have that on yours. It's not on my list. Uh, but I went with the color of money. Oh, okay. I love the color of money. I didn't love it as much as uh, you did. I don't think, but uh, I it was a good movie. He is is Vince. Like the like the cocky guy, like yeah. it, it's not only role for him. exactly at that, at that point in his career, yeah. he was that guy. It was great. Um, Scorsese, obviously, right? So, uh, my number four is a few good men. It's not on my list. How is a few good men? Okay, it's not on your list. That's that's but I good. like it. It's a good of course. Movie. Who doesn't like few good men? Yeah. It's like courtroom dramas. There's not a bad scene in that movie. Yeah, you, Lieutenant Weinberg. You know, there's like every casting is good. Uh, and it's just talking. Yeah. That's one of those things that's so great about it. The only bad part of that movie is the weird sexual tension between him and Demi Moore that yeah. never gets figured out. Yeah, they should have had something. And then I was listening to Simmons like a couple of years ago. I'm sure you heard this too. Where he was talking about when he thinks he's lost the case and she comes over and he's been drinking all night. <laughs> another fake Tom Cruise drinking. And then he figures it out, and he gets his car and drives across Washington, D.C. Yeah. Like, he probably wasn't in good shape to drive, but we'll let it pass. <laughs> it was the 90s. Uh, my number three is Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire is, uh, is on my list. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. It has everything. It's close to a perfect it's movie. A little, it's, got, it's got action. It's got comedy. It was made uh, for all audiences, guys, women. Uh, it was Cameron Crowe. Yeah. You know, at his peak, too. Good writing. Just... It was great. Yep. Okay. Uh, my number five is Risky Business. Anytime you have uh, Booger and uh, Tom Cruise together, it's got to be on the list. You think they're staying in touch? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Um, and Rebecca DeBornay was amazing in that, obviously. Um, get early Tom Cruise there. You know, you see, you see what he's going to be later yeah. on in his life. It's weird when you look back because he was like a normal guy yeah. then. And so you didn't, you know, all this that's attached to him now wasn't there. Yeah. 
So it's like a very raw, like raw or honest performing. You know, not that he's never on, but like it's innocent. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, number four is this really super intense movie, which I'm pretty sure you have on this. Magnolia. I do have Magnolia in mind. Yes. Um, such good acting in that movie. Yeah. He got nominated for that. Yeah. I mean, just the whole scene with. Tom Cruise at the deathbed of Jason Roberts or Jason Robards, and uh, just uh, that was a tough movie to watch. But well, yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you put the movie there? Or do you put the Tom Cruise performance there? Um, I guess it's both because it's part of his catalog. Because Magnolia is probably my favorite Tom Cruise movie. Okay, but. It's not a Tom Cruise movie, He's an you know. Ensemble, thing. yeah, uh, and it it's partly due to the fact that it's probably my favorite Tom Cruise performance. Although my one, it's my it's either one or two for me. Uh, the other one, which is my other favorite performance that he ever gave, so uh, that was number my number two is Rain Man. Oh, I I just did four. Oh, I did Risky Business Magnolia. Well, what's your number three? My number three is Eyes Wide Shut. Really? Okay. Not very rewatchable because it's like seven hours long. But when you first see that movie, you are just like locked into that movie. Just intense. That movie is intense. Yeah, and there's some amazing scenes. no clue where that movie is going, what's happening. Um, Amazing scenes, shot well. Just a powerful movie. That just surprises me that you'd like that. That seems like the kind of movie that would really piss you off. The thing is, is I... You know, you can't watch it more than once, but it's on there because I feel like his performance in that is basically the audience watching him go through this and you're seeing everything as he's seen everything. And I think he like keeps that in mind with his performance. But anyway, so number two is Rain Man. Number two for me is Rain Man. That's my number one. Yeah. Okay. Is my, um... I think underappreciated performance. Yeah, he was he was the best. That's like that might be the best he's ever acted. If you you know that at least as a lead guy, it's the best he's ever acted. He uh, he carries those scenes like you know Dustin Hoffman has the easy. He's Tom got Cruise is in every scene. Yeah, and he <laughs> has to play normal yeah. to this. You know, like the scene when he goes to the the people's house and says, "Look, if we don't watch the people's court, he's going to throw like a fit." You yeah. watch that and you're like, "Oh my god," you know. Yeah. Um, and again, you're hitting Tom Cruise in his stride at that time. Like, that's kind of the guy that he is. Uh, and then my number one was Magnolia. Uh, my number two is uh, Jerry Maguire. Okay. So. And what Rain was your Man. number one? Rain, Rain, Man. Rain Man. All right. So, yeah, a lot of agreeing. But you knew that was going to happen. Yeah. So, where do you come out and what's your favorite of them all? Um, of Tom Cruise's favorite movie? Um I think I'm going with Ghost Protocol. Okay. What do you have any that you any any movies like that are in your worst your wor- your least favorite Tom Cruise movies? Um. Yeah, Vanilla Sky. Yeah, Vanilla Sky for me too. I thought I'd be alone on that one. I was really excited for that. Movie. Me too. I went and saw it by myself, and everyone told me it sucked. And I was like, no way, this movie sucks. It's Cameron Crowe. It's Tom Cruise. It's like Penelope Cruz. Was she in that? No. Yeah. Yeah, she was. No, well, Cameron Diaz. And Cameron Diaz. I thought like, she was in the original, right? Yeah. Um, wow, what a bad movie. I have that, Rock of Ages, I hated. 
Rocket Bages was really bad. Yeah. And Jack Reacher 2 is one of the worst movies. Jack Reacher 2 was such a misstep. I don't know what they were thinking on that one, but okay. I don't know why they made it. I don't know. I, I mean, Well, that character is like a huge character in books. Oh, really? Like, it's a really popular uh, like book series. So they just thought, hey, the first one was popular. Let's make this one. And they obviously picked the wrong story because it just didn't work. So, the first one was fine. It just wasn't memorable to me at all. Um, it just seemed like Tom Cruise falling into... They're trying to make another place. franchise, too. Uh, my most underrated is I, I always liked Far and Away, even though everybody hates that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I hate that movie. Um, I didn't like the end. Really, when he like came back to life, I didn't like it. Okay, I did. <laughs> it looked well. It looked good. Ron Howard had some good directing stuff in there. That's right. That was a Ron Howard movie. I totally forgot about that. our uh, first AD. The, the movie I'm working on did that movie. Gotcha. Hey, um, you know the the um, production designer for this was John Hutman. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, on the <laughs> Mummy. John Hutman's an old boss of mine. What? Well, you got me the job with him on a holiday. Real, really bright guy. You got to stay on his good side. Like, like when he gets in the thick of it, he gets nuts. But when you get him like uh, like one on one, he was like a really nice, like supportive, good guy. Um. I, I actually totally forgot until you just said that right now, and I'm trying to think of how the production design. I guess it was fine. I don't know. There were two re- production designers on that. It was really dark. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> it's going to be all those movies are going to be dark. But anyway. Uh, all right. So the one thing that was missing from the Mummy in our our last subject was Brandon Fraser. That's right, buddy. Although they did reference the first movie, which you said you haven't even seen, but there's a scene where Jenny. Our lead actress is fighting the guy outside of Dr. Jekyll's office when they were, she was trying to get in, when Tom Cruise and him are fighting, uh-huh. and she knocks the guy out with this book, and she swings, and then the book falls, and there's like a cutaway to the book, and it was the book from the first movie, which was the main centerpiece of that movie. So, all right, what happens, like, again, I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, the only thing I know about the, the mummy universe from the Brendan Fraser years, uh, Fraser years, first of all, looking up Brendan Fraser was really hard because spelling his name is just weird. Yeah, it is. He's got a weird spelling of his name. I don't know if he, like, I don't, like, I, I must have spelled it Fraser with a Z-I-E-R. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it's F-R-A-S-E-R, and I had no idea, and it took me, like, 12 tries. Let's just say also that... Brandon Fraser was like a huge star for a while. He was making twenty million. Well, when we get when we get yeah. in, just let's explain. Please explain to the audience what what the mum what happens in the mummies. What happens in the first mummy? Um. Well, the mummy. It's basically the same thing. They unearth a mummy, and he comes back to life. He's got the the sand and all that stuff. Right. Um. The mummy is played by one of the twenty four's best villains called Marwan. Oh yeah. Um. He wears a lot of eye makeup in the... Yeah, and uh, it's the same thing. He sucks people's life, and so he becomes and, not a mummy. Okay. Um, and it's just more adventurous. So what happens in this, uh, what happens in the second one? Same mummy? I don't really remember the, what the second one was. Uh, and then when The is, third one was horrible. Was that the one with The Rock? I just watched... No, the second one was The Rock. That's what it was. It was Scorpion King. 
was the uh, was the bad guy in the second one. So the Rock, the Rock's the bad guy in the second one. And then the third one that they waited so long to do a sequel to that didn't even have Rachel Weisz in it. She was replaced by someone else, and it was about his daughter or his son trying to bring in this like new franchise, and uh, had Jet Li in it, and it was like this whole Asian thing, and it just made no sense. Yeah, that that third one was nine years after the first. Yeah. So, um, they waited way too long. So, all right, so let's get into this Brendan Fraser career. Um, were you, so were you ever a fan of Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser doesn't bother me. <laughs> That's all I have to say. That's probably the nicest thing yeah. anyone said about him in the last couple of years. And the funny thing is, speaking of that, he says that, like, basically, he was like a big star for a long time. And then, you know, he was on the coat, he was one of the most beautiful people and all this other stuff. And uh, he had a bunch of movies that bombed in a row, which I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about, and uh, that were made for a shitload of money, and then just made nothing. And he basically got blacklisted because no one wanted to put him in a movie because his asking price was so high, and I'm sure he didn't want to come down after making the amount of money that he was making, and so he wasn't in any of these movies anymore. And he said in an interview that Hollywood hates him. Oh, that's really? That's why he's not, like, where he should be in his career. So he's playing the victim card? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I guess I'm going to go over some... Right, do you have a list of Brendan Fraser movies? I mean, I just have, uh, you know, obviously it's IMDb, and then I have some notes about some movies that on Long right, Way. The first one I have for him is Dogfight. Do you remember the movie Dogfight? I do remember Dogfight. Do you remember him in Dogfight? No. Me neither. Uh, but Was that, like... Before oh, okay. that, was, that was like that was before Encino, man. Yeah, it's like his first movie. That's like a that turned out to be a pretty big movie. That well, it was an independent movie, but it's like when VHS was really popular. So people that was the one where the girl was ugly, right? Yeah, they these guys were all yeah. in like they're all in the armed forces, and they had to go find an ugly girl. Never brought the ugliest girl to the party. Was the winner? Yeah, and it was R- River Phoenix and Lily Tomlin. Well, not Lily Taylor. Or Lily Taylor. Al- Taylor. Lily Taylor. And she's uh, an underrated actress, too. Yeah. And so I don't remember Brendan Fraser from that movie. Fraser. I'm guessing he was one of the guys. But he had a <laughs> he hell... He was Sailor number one. Oh, he was? That's no, what he was? Sailor number sailor one? Sailor number one. Okay. Well, then that explains <laughs> that. So that's probably why he wasn't in there. But from right after that, he, he must have made an impression because he, uh, in 1992, he had a big year. He was the lead in Encino Man and School Ties. Do you have anything before that? No. Okay. Encino Man was awesome. Well, let's let's slow down on the Encino Man was awesome. I love Encino Man. Encino Man was the uh, Paulie Shore uh, beginning of Paulie Shore's illustrious career. That one. Um. Yeah. It was and, uh, Rudy and Sean Astin. Yeah, and he played Link, and he reprised that role several times in other Paulie Shore movies. He did. In Son-in-Law and In the Army Now, he played Link. He just showed up and did cameos. <laughs> when you go over his IMDb, he's got a cameo. He did a lot of cameos. That's why I wonder why he didn't do one in The Mummy. I think, like, Brendan Fraser had some really good physical comedy skills and and has good comic timing. I don't agree. I wouldn't say he's, like, amazing, but I think, like, serviceable is the right word. Well, let's say that Brendan Fraser did a... He had a series of Fish out of water movies like Encino Man. Yeah. yeah, he did a lot of. Uh, I guess I guess what you're saying. 
he 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 saw that niche of the guy that was in the wrong place and went with it. Yeah, like blast from the past, bedazzled all that. Stuff. Yeah. So uh, school ties. You said Encino Man is awesome. When I mentioned Encino Man, school ties. You go to Encino Man was awesome. I'm going Encino Man is awesome. You don't think school ties was awesome? School ties was really good. Now, school ties came out. We were like Matt Damon. Yeah. So we were still like in high school, whatever, you know, and so that movie was, uh, did that mean anything to you as a young Jewish man? I mean, there wasn't many movies like that. So did like that resonate brought with out you? the anti-Semitism, yeah, in, in uh, private schools. Right. And evil Matt Damon yeah. didn't like him because he was Jewish. Exactly. So did you, like, do you resonate with the character? Like, does that, are you like walking out? Pumping your fist out of that movie, or sure, it gave me a little bit of uh, Jewish pride. Yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Um, it was a lot better than Encino Man, so that's why it strikes me that you say Encino Man was Listen, awesome. I enjoy a lot of those old, those old uh, Pauly Shore movies. I'm not gonna lie. You throw Biodome on, I'll watch the whole thing. I can come into Biodome if I see it on TV. I'm watching it. I don't think anyone's surprised by that comment. <laughs> Him and Stephen uh, Baldwin. Yeah. Um, and so from, like, after school ties, you know, kind of like this guy is going to is gonna blow up, right? And I guess he sort of did. He goes back to Airheads. Well, before that, there was that movie With Honors. Oh, yeah. That was a big role for Another Fish Out of Water movie. Um, but he's not the guy. With Honors is uh, Joe so Pesci. I watched, the, I watched some stuff from that. Recently, and it's really hard. Is Joe Pesci like what was he doing? <laughs> Why was he doing that? The guy doesn't make movies. Like he stops making movies, but he's doing movies like that where he's putting on like the, I don't know, the Lethal Weapon three character. Yeah, you know, um, and he teaches all of Harvard that they should be nicer to bums. <laughs> it's, with the help of Brendan Fraser and Patrick Dempsey. Pretty bad movie. Yeah. But it did have that Madonna song I thought was pretty good. Do you remember that song? Um, no. Okay. I'm not going to sing it. But, what song was it? Was um, it made just for that movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, pretty good. It was kind of popular. Uh, anyway, so then after that, then we go into Airheads. Yeah, he starts doing his uh, the comedy stuff. Um, Airheads and... Reprises his role as Link in, in the army now. Um, and then Scout. What did you think of the Scout? Wait, Airheads, you're not giving... That was Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi, right? Yeah. No, and he was the lead. He was the lead. And did you ever believe him to be a rocker? Sure. Why not? God, all right. Uh, the Scout. I never watched The Scout. I was... I you was never pre- saw The Scout? No. Oh, man, that's good movie. It's two people I don't like in that movie. Brendan Fraser and uh, Arliss. Was it Arliss the Scout? No, it was... Uh, I thought it was... Um, yeah, maybe it was Arliss. Was it Arliss or was it... Um, what's his name? Um, oh. it's, yeah. It's, it's not. It's not Arliss. It's a uh, guy who directs a bunch of movies. Yeah, well... Um, um, I'll try to stall while you look it up. Uh, but I know, I was never into the Scout. Does he play a... a is he, he plays seem, a good baseball. Yeah, he, he seems like he's athletic enough to be a pitcher or whatever. I like that movie. Okay. 
He pl- it's Albert Brooks. That's Albert Brooks. That's right. Uh, the song from With Honors is called I'll Remember. All right. I, I remember that being in the chorus. I didn't remember that being the title of the song. Uh, then came George of the Jungle. Someone I just talked to was like, if you disparage George of the Jungle, I'll be really upset because that was my childhood movie. Yeah, he goes he goes through a lot of uh, kids' movies now. He's doing like George of the Jungle and um, what is it? Uh, Dudley Do-Right. Dudley Do-Right. Looney Tunes movies. I mean, Have you seen any of those movies? I saw the Looney Tunes movie. I did see Dudley Do-Right. Dudley Do-Right was one of the ones that bombed, like... It cost $70 million to make that movie, and it made $9 million. So that was one of the ones that started his downfall. I never uh, saw any of those movies. I never desired I never to see any of those George movies. never saw Jungle. Um, There's Gods and Monsters, which I never saw, which is supposed to be really good. I haven't seen that, but I think that's about the writing of Frankenstein or something, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And then some mummies. Well, then we got Blast from the Past. Oh, yeah. Blast from the Past. <laughs> this was like... A big budget, like high concept comedy, with Alicia Silverstone, Christopher Walken, Sissy Spacek, where they're stuck in the bomb shelter for thirty years, thinking that there's like a nuclear attack, and then they run out of supplies. Or no, the door is like locked, I think, for thirty years, and it finally opens, and then they exit, and it's like nothing's bad has happened to the world, and he's like, fish out of water. Yeah, there you go. He's, he hasn't been in, and they've got like old um, stock in Apple and IBM and all this shit that makes them millionaires but they don't know um, I don't know I thought he played that that character well but yeah that movie was just uh, not very good no I never I never understood the appeal of that movie he did pretty well right yeah I think it did really well I never understood why anyone would want to see it um uh, then yeah, then we get into some mummies. The Dudley Do Right, Bedazzled. I like the ba- the Bedazzled. Yeah, the movie made a lot of money. Too. But I think I remember liking it when Elizabeth Hurley was like hot and she'd show up, and then when they started putting prosthetics on him and he was becoming other people, and like yeah, when he was like, the- I remember that movie just spiraling out of control. There's one really funny scene where he was like speaking Spanish. He's like, I don't speak Spanish, but he's just speaking Spanish. Um. I think that kind of showed a lot of his character ability. Okay. I don't know. I thought it was good. Um, did we get to... Uh, so where are we at? So we get... Um, where are we at? We got another mummy. We got a bunch of mummies. And then... What about Monkey Bone? I don't even know what that is. Monkey Bone was this huge movie that they made... Is it a pumpy monkey baby? $75 million. And it was basically like... He's a cartoonist, and he gets hit on the head by a pipe and goes into a coma, and his character monkey, like, basically takes over his body when he wakes up, and he's, like, trapped in the in his mind, and, like, the monkey is taking over his body, and he's basically living his life as a monkey and, like, his body. It was terrible. Okay. And it was made for $75 million and only made $5 million. And bombs hard. So he can look back at his career and see that this was like his biggest, you know, that people started. Not I don't even remember out. hearing about it. All right. Um, the only other thing I got after that is Crash. Wasn't he like one of the racist people? He was one of the racist people married to uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. 
And then... Uh, that won an Academy Award? Yeah, but that wasn't... There's a lot of things wrong with that movie. Yeah. Uh, and then Journey to the Center of the Earth, which I think was his last... Second to last that bomb. Was a, no, that movie made a lot of money. Oh, the really? The problem is, is that it did pretty well. But then, like, they were going to make a sequel... And he wanted, he was like, no, I don't want to do a sequel unless the original director's involved. And he held out. And they were like, nah, we're good. And they hired this new director. And we're like, all right, we're going to deal with this guy. I don't remember who the director was. And we're going to put The Rock in your place. And The Rock took over his role. So that was another reason, you know, he's, maybe he's difficult. Maybe he's a difficult guy. Um, that's why he's not around anymore. And then Furry Vengeance was a huge bomb. I don't too. know what Furry Vengeance is either. Is that the sequel to the first eight monkeys, puppy like a, monkey baby movie? You no, just this is like him with a bunch of wild animals that are coming up with plans to stop development. The development of something, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's really bad. Um, so And then he did a bunch of TVs. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't watch The Affair, but he was in The Affair. Yeah, I, haven't, I, haven't, I, I stopped at the first season. Uh, I thought you watched that show. No. Nope. Um, then, and he's just kind of faded into that, and we don't see much from him. He's played... No. He's got, he's got some TV series coming out that he's filming. I've never heard of Trust. I don't know what that is. I don't know what Condor is. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's just doing stuff. And Yeah, I also read in, he did a he did a Bollywood thriller called The Field, he replaced Ray Liotta in it. <laughs> All right. So. No, uh, no one can replace Ray Liotta. Good luck, Brandon Fraser. No one can re- replace But with all that being said, this new mummy missed Brandon Fraser. You think so? Yes. You just said Tom Cruise could carry the movie. He could, but it missed Brandon Fraser's character. You couldn't have Brandon Fraser's character and Tom Cruise's mummy character. So you prefer the Tom... I the... wanted his character in terms of archaeologist, adventure, and we didn't need the soldier. It didn't make any sense. So you go, first mummy, this is not your mummy. Which one? This one is not your mummy. No, this is not my mummy. Mummy. Okay. Well, that's... Well, I guess we should go out on that note. This is not your mummy. This is not my mummy. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm with you guys. Uh, you're welcome for not wasting your money to go see the mummy. People will go steal it anyway. You, people uh, like Tom Cruise. I don't know what to tell you. Well, the three people that listen to this podcast won't go see it now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, maybe there's another movie we'll watch next week and come back and talk about it. But until then, thanks for listening. Later.